from Sydney Curry returning 2022 basketball recruiting. And finally, the women's basketball preview for the Final Four. There's a lot of stuff to talk about on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Also, want to take this time, as always, to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder: the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week. Your team every day. Busy show. For this Thursday edition of the Locked On Louisville podcast, we'll begin talking about Sidney Curry announcing that he is returning next season for the Cardinals. We'll also dive into some 2022 basketball recruiting, talking about Sky Clark and Devin Ree in particular. And then finally, we will preview the upcoming women's basketball Final Four matchup between the overall number one seed South Carolina Gamecocks and the number one seed in the Wichita region, the Louisville Cardinals. Um, but we'll start out talking about Sidney Curry announcing his return for the men's basketball team next season. Huge news for the Louisville Cardinals on a couple different fronts. Um, number one, and I'll go ahead and address this. If you look at Sidney Curry's overall season statistics, you know, um, you'll say Dalton, well, a guy who averaged seven points per game, under four and a half rebounds, you know, even though he shot 67% from the field, is it really that big of, you know, uh, of a returning announcement? And the answer is if you watch the Louisville Cardinals for the past uh, or for the last month and a half to two months of the season, really in ACC play in general, yes, it is 1000% a huge announcement. Um, and this was one that. Probably wasn't necessarily surprising. Um, you know, when most people talked about who was going to be on the team next year that was on the team this year, you know, a handful of players were mentioned. It seemed like Sidney Curry was was always um, you know mentioned in the mix. He's doing the NIL, NIL camp with um, uh, James Boo Brewer and JJ Trainer in May. So um, it, it seemed like the writing was on the wall, but you never know with the uh, one-time transfer rule and stuff like that. Players are entering the portal at uh, an unprecedented rate over the past couple seasons. So you know nothing is ever truly set in stone. But the Cardinals get Sidney Curry back in the last month and a half. To two months of the season, he was arguably Louisville's best player. Um, you know, going through his game log, had 20 points, 24 points against Virginia, 28 points against Wake Forest, uh, 22 points against NC State. You know, moving on down the line, had uh, multiple games scoring over double figures and also recording over 10 rebounds. And like I mentioned, shooting the ball 67.2% from the field. So the six foot eight Fort Wayne, Indiana native. Uh, returns to a Louisville team that is still trying to figure out uh, what next year's roster is going to look like. Um, you know, Jeremy Wallman was on the show yesterday talking about he believes that five players ultimately will be, um, you know, on the team next year that was on the team this past year. Um, obviously, we don't know those names yet, but, um, you know, Sam Williamson Henry, uh, hitting the transfer portal. I was entering. I said hittering. That's, that's a weird fusion, but entering the transfer portal. Um, 
Uh, Gabe Wisnitzer also, um, he was the first one to enter the transfer portal. Um, you also have, you know, Frederick King, Deontay Davis, who were let out of their national letters of intent. And you would assume that with the Deontay um, likely leaving, that means Dre Davis. It's only a matter of time before he hit, hits the transfer portal. But ultimately, a great building block to um, start, you know, what is next year's roster. You have, you know, one of your starting big men. Um, regardless, it's going to be a player that's is going to, um, you know, be a huge part of the offense next season. And not to mention getting a full offseason and a season to work with Kenny Payne, who has, you know, long been revered as a very, very good developer of big men like, uh, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein, Julius Randle, um, etc. You know, all a lot of these guys uh, that played for Kentucky, you know, big men wise, you know, gave a lot of credit to Kenny Payne in terms of their respective development. You know, the list goes on. And I think that, you know, big men developed very, very good while he um, or developed very well. Sorry, it's the uh, communications major in me um, getting a little agitated with my word choice. I apologize. I sound like a complete nerd. Um, but Ultimately, I, I really love the fact that he's back. I think next season he could be flirting with an all-ACC uh, mentioned team, um, you know, all-ACC caliber player. You're talking about maybe ne not necessarily first team, really just kind of depending on what the roster looks like. But I think that when you add, you know, when you improve the guard play for next season, and there's a couple guys, you know, we'll talk about one of them that could possibly join the team in, in the next segment, Um when you when you improve the guard play and Sidney Curry goes from being you know kind of a, a makeshift number one scorer, and I'm not saying he can't you know fill that void, but when you add players who take away some of that scoring responsibility and kind of allow him to thrive, because what was happening late in the season for Louisville was the fact that teams were um, you know kind of over game planning for Sidney Curry. They realized that the Cardinals were trying to get the ball down low and let you know Sidney Curry eat down low, so to speak, and um, they were double teaming him. They were you know, forcing him to catch the ball outside of the paint and really take it to the rim. And I think that he did a very well, a very good job of, you know, getting the ball on the baseline and, and doing a spin move or even, you know, a drop step down to the paint or even just using his strength to muscle his way around the basket. I thought that Sidney Curry uh, showed a lot of patience when he got double teamed a lot in ACC play. So I, I think that ultimately – for the team next season, I mean, you can't really get much better news from this current team than having arguably your best player returning. Um, it, when it comes to what his role could look like next season, what what does his production look like? Um, I really just think it kind of depends on who else Kenny Payne brings in. You know, Kenny has been revered as a very, very phenomenal recruiter. I'm not arguing that at any any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying, you know, with his reputation as a recruiter, uh, it would lead one to believe that um, he's going to make some major upgrades to this roster for next season. And, um, you know, maybe he he's not a guy that takes 15 shots a game or, you know, maybe it's kind of uh, based upon matchups and stuff like that. What I do think is we're going to see Sidney Curry um, expand his range offensively. I, I think that um, his post offense uh, is going to be, a little bit more refined. We're going to see some better footwork. I could definitely see him adding the mid-range jumper to his game. I also think that we're going to see him become more of a uh, defensive stronghold uh, for the Louisville defense 
um, next season as well, using his frame to really protect the paint. You know, not necessarily the tallest guy at six foot eight, but very athletic and uh, reads defense or reads opposing offenses really well. So at the end of the day, I'm very excited to see what Kenny Payne and, um, you know, whatever, uh, whoever's on the coaching staff really get to, um, you know, work with him over the offseason, develop his footwork and kind of refine that and, uh, you know, uh, fine tune some things around the basket. But I mean, he's very efficient. Um, you know, takes good shots. His shot selection really never seems forced. You can see that by him nearly shooting 70% from the field. I mean, despite being a big man, I mean, that's still a very impressive statistic. So overall, I, I love the fact that he's back. I think that the sky is the limit for what Sidney Curry can do next season with a year or an offseason, I should say, of instruction from Kenny Payne and company. Um, but ultimately, very, very good news for Louisville. But as I mentioned, it, it really just kind of depends. His production will depend on, on what the roster ends up looking like next year. There's no doubt that, um, you know, uh, Kenny Payne's going to use the transfer portal. He might look to some 2023 guys to reclassify. But he's also in the running for some um, for some 2022 recruits. We'll talk about two of those guys in specific when we talk about Sky Clark and Devin Ree here in the next segment. We will do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Athletic Greens. Um, our next partner is has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because, well, I kind of don't have a lot of time to I do have time, but I'm a procrastinator. I forget a lot. My mind's racing in the morning. Um, but this has really been um, kind of inserted into my daily routine. It gives me more energy. It helps my immune system with all of these spring allergies and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, pill taker. Um, you know, I'm not a huge vitamin taker. Uh, I wanted a, su- a supplement that actually tastes great and wanted to see what the hype about. And, adi- um, you know, Athletic Greens has really, really helped me out a ton. So um, really, it's one of those things to where uh, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. It has minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. I always say that wrong, Uh, but it helps start the day right. Um, I, I absolutely love it. It, you know, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a one free year or free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also want to take this time before we get into the second segment to talk about our friends over at Stat Hero. March Madness is coming to a close. Uh, the best time of the year comes very quickly and goes very quickly. Um, but that doesn't take away my love for this time of the year. I do, however, feel like I've kind of shied away from doing more brackets this season. And that's really kind of in part because of Stat Hero. The NCAA single game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. It allows you to take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. And it gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. It's basically what Daily Fantasy was meant to be, so do yourself a favor. Um, right now, you can sign up for free at stathero.com slash locked on while using the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Once again, that's stathero.com slash locked on while using the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit 
match. Also, I want to take this time, as always, to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Lockdown Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Second segment of the show, I, I wanted to transition a little bit, uh, you know, talking, you know, continually talking about the roster for next season. It's a work in progress. As everyone knows, the transfer portal is absolutely uh, going berserk at this current time. Um, but there's still some notable 2022 um, recruiting class names uh, that haven't signed somewhere and um, you know, are still on the market for some teams that are looking for some late additions, the Louisville Cardinals being one of the prime examples. Um, there's two players in particular from the 2022 cycle, five-star point guard Sky Clark and four-star small forward Devin Ree. We will talk about the former first. Um, ever since Kenny Payne got the job, it seems like Louisville um, you know, got in the mix for Sky Clark very, very quickly. The um, five-star uh, former University of Kentucky signee um, was uh, you know, recruited by Kenny Payne. Uh, while he was at Kentucky before he took the job up with the New York Knicks. Uh, he just released his top six um, per Joe Tipton of On3 Recruit, or I think it's On3.com. I think his, his top six includes Tennessee, Washington, Illinois, uh, Louisville, Maryland, and USC. Presumably, um, you know, some people are saying, you know, Illinois is the number one, is in the driver's seat at the moment with Louisville right behind. I know he's got some visits planned for the month ahead. And according to Tipton in a later tweet, he says that Sky Clark is looking to make a decision at some point in April. So you have to feel good if you're the Louisville Cardinals being squarely in the mix. Anything can happen on um you know on a college visit. So we will see uh, if Kenny Payne can seal the deal. Um, this is going to be one of his uh, first opportunities to show how elite of a recruiter he is. Sky Clark's game is one of those to where there's people that out there right now that are a little hesitant about Clark's game uh, because he is coming off of an ACL tear. And um, you know, one person told me, you know, hey, when I watch his highlights, it looks like he doesn't necessarily have the uh, explosiveness that he had um, pre-ACL tear. And I'll say this, um, and I'm not saying that this is the case for him, but oftentimes with ACL tears, and I, look, I get it, um, you know, surgery and recovery time has never been uh, healing and, you know, guys have never healed quicker than they are now, but there's still a big mental aspect with ACL tears, um, you know, there's a mental hurdle that you have to get over. And like I said, I'm not saying that Sky is struggling mentally, um, you know, with the ACL tear or the rehab and stuff like that. But I am saying it's a lot easier said than done. Those that have torn their ACL know what I'm talking about is the fact that, you know, at times you you have to give players time to, to get that explosiveness back. You know, they don't it doesn't automatically come back once you get cleared to play. You know, once you get some more, um, you know, minutes logged under your belt, once you get some more game reps, you know, full speed game opportunities and stuff like that. I think that that's when you can start to see them start to build that, you know, endurance, the stamina back up. Eric Bossy from 24-7 Sports. This is the scouting report he had for Sky Clark. Any updated scouting report of Clark has to start off by mentioning that he'll that he's still in the process of getting to 100%. He tore his ACL last spring and managed to return to the floor by January. The speed with which he was able to recover and get himself back into playing shape is notable in that nobody is capable of doing that without an impressive work ethic and commitment to hard work. While Clark was able to make a quick return to the floor, he was understandably rusty during his return. 
He lacked some of the explosion at the rim and ability to shake defenders off the bounce that he had prior to getting hurt. Hopefully that comes back with time. Clark has always had good strength, and he cut, and he came back from injury stronger than ever, and that strength allows him to play through and off of contact and should serve him well when he makes the transition to college. The last paragraph from Bossy uh, is, at this point, his development, it is probably fair to classify Clark as more of a scoring point guard than traditional playmaker. When he's at his best, he is attacking downhill, making use of his dangerous jump shot and deep range and playing in an aggressive manner on the offensive end. He is certainly a capable playmaker for others, but when that comes but when that becomes the sole focus of his game, he can bit too he can be a bit too passive in looking for his own offense. The rocks of his game are his tight ball handling and creativity offensively. Um, kind of a little bit of a tweener in, in terms of a position, you know, a scoring point guard at six foot three, a little bit undersized for an NBA, um, you know, lead guard. But ultimately, you know, the college level it's a little different. When I watch Sky Clark's highlights and, and game tape, you get that vibe that he is one of the better scorers in the class, a three level scorer that created that can create his own shot. Doesn't need a lot of room to get off his own shot. Um, very strong. U- utilizes that when he gets to the basket and is very solid in finishing around the rim. Um, time will tell, uh, assuming he gets that explosiveness um, back in, in his uh, first step and stuff like that. But like Bossy said, the work ethic to get back um, that quickly after an ACL tear is remarkable. So um, that bodes well for you know his work ethic in, in college and stuff like that. Overall, it really will kind of depend on how if Louisville can um, seal the deal on the visit. We will see um, the official, I don't think, I have an official, I've seen an official date yet, um, but I'm sure it's probably out there at, at some point. So obviously Sky Clark would be a an incredible addition to the Louisville backcourt. The uh, The second member of the 2022 class that um, has been talked about a lot recently, Travis Graff, um, I don't have access to the boards, but I, I know people who do, and um, I don't really go seeking information from it, but they'll come to me and say, hey, did uh, is are you hearing this or – you know, so on and so forth. Uh, Travis Graff, you know, shout out to him. I think he had the scoop first from from Louisville Rivals. Um, basically said, you know, Louisville is turning up the heat on Devin Ree. They've offered him, and there's a good chance, you know, um, you know that Louisville is going to get right into the mix, and there's a solid chance that they, you know, can, um, you know, get him to sign into the class. Six foot eight, small forward from, uh, you know, Virginia, plays for Oak Hill Academy, former LSU signee that. Um, decided to look elsewhere when Will Wade got fired, um, ranked as the 82nd best player in the class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, has offers from a lot of big schools. Um, when I watch his game, maybe not necessarily the most athletic player, um, doesn't uh, you know play with a ton of uh, you know downhill speed, but very, very um, efficient as a true shooter. I think he shot over 45% on high volume from three, which is incredible. Um, but a long six foot eight, um, you're capable defender. You're kind of uh, a three and D hybrid that, um, you know, basketball is starting to value more and more, um, you know, with the introduction of, you know, reigning threes all over the court, you know, thanks to Steph Curry and the golden state warriors back in the mid to 2010s. Um, but ultimately I think that, you know, Devin Ree's game is very, you know, reminiscent of Kamari Lands. I think Kamari Lands uh, does a little bit 
more in, in terms of uh, creating his own shots in the mid range and getting to the basket. I think he has a little bit better vision as well. But ultimately, I think that they're you know similar in terms of the fact that they can create their own shot from behind the arc. Uh, Re is a, is um, you know notably exceptional in catch and shoot, uh, catch and shoot situations. And some people are like, well, I, I was told Kenny Payne was going to get a lot of five stars. And, you know, he's ranked 80th. Is he really going to be the first recruit? And, you know, my response to that is, hey, look, at the end of the day, not all 13 players on scholarship are going to get rotational minutes. I don't think um, Devin Ree is going to be a guy that comes in and, and starts right away or plays um, a huge significant role. I think he's a player that, you know, sees more of a substantial role in year two after, you know, a year in the program and kind of learning, you know, possible. Uh, I saw somewhere where someone – um You'll call him a, a two-and-done prospect. So uh, we will definitely see. But Devin Ree brings a lot to the table. And according to what people are saying, you have to feel good about the Cardinals' chances. So, But we'll kind of uh, uh, put men's basketball, um, put the men's basketball realm to the side for the moment because women's basketball is on the big stage in Minnesota. Um, you know, women's final four. Against the South Carolina Gamecocks, uh, I think it's 7 o'clock Eastern tip-off on Friday. We'll talk about everything you need to know about that matchup here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Bilt Bar. I keep saying it, you know, this time of the year, i pretty much given up on my resolutions. This year, it's a little bit of a different story, though. I've stuck to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar because it, it feels like it's really not even a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate with so many different flavors to choose from. Literally, Bilt Bar makes it taste first good and then figures out how to make it healthy afterward. Um, you know, they have low carbs, a high in protein. You can go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. Better yet, go to built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order placed. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. For the final segment of the show, uh, we will dedicate this portion to the women's basketball team. I know that I said that I'd like to have uh, Cardinal Sports Zone women's basketball beat writer Sam Baisden on or uh, stateofwilville.com and host of um, Off the Walls podcast, Brian Trent on. Unfortunately, um, a scheduling conflict on my end I had to prevent that. So I doubt there's going to be a Friday episode, uh, just an FYI. But ultimately, I, I definitely wanted to give this matchup, you know, it it's fair talking points and it's fair coverage because it is definitely going to be um, a, a dynamic one, so to speak. And I just exited out of my um, my overall window that I had up. Here we go. Uh, South Carolina opens up right now. They are in um, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, which is, I mean, that that's substantial when you look at the Final Four. And Look, I, I remember saying this early on in the week. I don't think that this South Carolina team, despite the fact that them, they are right now 33-2, and two, I don't think they're like, um, you know, early 2010s UConn good with Brianna Stewart where they would have multiple undefeated seasons. I don't necessarily think that they are as good as, you know, the Baylor teams that won the national title with uh, Brit Brittany Griner, Odyssey, excuse me, Odyssey Sims and company. So, but that's no disrespect to them. I mean, those are some all-time teams. I think that South Carolina is more beatable than those teams. Uh, but at the end of the day, make no mistake about it. These um, 
you know, these Gamecocks are very, very tough. Um, you know, they play a balanced rotation that goes deep into the bench. They have a ton of size led by All-American, one of, if not the best player in college basketball, Aliyah Boston, averaging 16.8 points, 12.2 rebounds, and 2.5 blocks per game, respectively. She's shooting the ball 54% from the field, 77.4% from the free throw line. Um, you know, Louisville's game plan, I don't think it's naive enough to understand or even, you know, come to the realization that their game plan likely revolves around limiting uh, what she is able to do on the offensive end. Um, you know, in a perfect world, Jeff Walls' team would love to get her in foul trouble. Um, but that's the thing about it. Even when Boston is not in the game, you have uh, some other players that you can go to that have a ton of size. I, I'm going to – I always mess this name up. I think it's Leticia, Leticia Amahir. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. 6'4", junior from uh, Alabama. Um, six points per game, four rebounds. Um, obviously, the stats don't necessarily jump off the page, but they do have size that win. Um, Aaliyah Boston goes out of the game that they can kind of plug in. Victoria Saxton, a 6'2 senior, averaging 6-6. Uh, six and six. And then you have Camilla Cardozo, the former Syracuse um, post player that the Cardinals are familiar with, six foot seven from Brazil, averaging 5-5 five and five on over 50% from the field. So kind of an Oregon vibe. Um, you know, they have multiple post players that um, you know, can really make things challenging. So look for Louisville to try to utilize uh, transition offense by you know incorporating good defense. But at the end of the day, this is going to be an uphill battle. You know, Let's call a spade a spade here. South Carolina, by the defensive metrics, is a better defensive team than the Louisville Cardinals. Um, they are giving up less points per game. Um, they are rebounding better. They average just under 48 rebounds per game. So limiting offensive rebounds, um, utilizing transition offense, and this—I mean—it's going to be a—it's going to be a matchup to where you're going to have to get your best on both the offensive and defensive ends of the floor. Offensively, you're not really going to be able to afford to have, um, you know, a big-time scoring drought, let alone multiple of them, like we saw in the game against Michigan. Um, you're going to have to. You'll have Haley Van Lith and Kiana Smith hitting their shots. Emily Inksler is going to have to give you more on the offensive end. Um, and you're going to have to have players like Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon step up. And that really translate, translates over to the defensive end as well, You know, guarding their post players. Olivia Cochran, she's been playing very well. Liz Dixon is going to be relied upon heavy here um, because of the, the size that South Carolina has. But overall, then you, you have to get some good minutes from Chelsea Hall. Kiana Smith, Haley Van Lith, and Emily Ingsler on out on the perimeter because they do have you know Destiny Henderson, Zaya Cook, um, you know moving on down the line you have Bria Beal, uh, Lily Grissett, you know there's De uh, Destiny Littleton. Like I said, there's um you know a good amount of players that have appeared in over 30 games for South Carolina. So this is a very very deep uh, bench that Dawn Staley has um, at her. Um, usage, she, there, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I don't even know how this is possible. Twelve players that average um, at least eight minutes per game. So, um, you know, they utilize a deep bench. For the Cardinals, like I said, the keys to the game, um, you, you hope that this turns into a defensive battle because South Carolina has showed at times that, yes, 
they are very, very deep. They have a ton of um, you know talent overall. Uh, but at the same time, if it gets into a low-scoring affair, well, things can get a little interesting. When you look at what Sacramento has done this season, they've beaten NC State, they've defeated Oregon, they've defeated UConn, they've taken down Maryland, they beat them by seven, beat Duke by nine, uh, Stanford by four, um, LSU by six, Arkansas by nine, um, you know, you know, so on and so forth. So there are two losses on the season at Missouri. That was an overtime loss back on December 30th. And obviously the SEC championship championship game against Kentucky, uh, 64 to 62 back on March 6th. Those are the only two losses for the South Carolina Gamecocks. So at the end of the day, as we mentioned all week, it's about limiting offensive rebounds. It's about transition offense, hitting your shots, not got not going into um, you know some scoring droughts or anything like that. Um, it's going to take a very very uh, big effort here from the Louisville Cardinals. I you know trust Jeff Walls and company and that coaching staff to devise a great game plan that will put the Cardinals in the best um, situation possible to succeed and to be able to pull off the upset. Um, make no mistake about it. It is not an impossible feat to take down South Carolina, but we've got to be honest. It's going to be very, very, very tough. So go cards though. Um, but before we get out of here, uh, a couple quick shout outs. First, the Cardinal sports Zone podcast, the most recent episode dropped yesterday. So you can check that out at Cardinal Thanks again for making lockdown over your first listen every day. If the Cardinals win, uh, tomorrow, there will be an episode on Saturday. If not, uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about um, you know the season as a whole, that game in particular, and any other news. Do yourself a favor. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. But That's going to wrap up this Thursday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we will see you right back here either Saturday or Monday. Go Cards.